Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Susan Drummond online. Susan, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am awesome. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I know we chatted a little bit in the pre-show about what's going on in the world and the work that you do, but why don't you share with the audience a little bit about you and then we'll dive right in. Sure. Um, Susan Drum, I've been a CEO, coach, and leadership development consultant for almost 20 years now. So I've been doing this a long time, well before people even knew what that was. And um, and so I've seen good leadership, bad leadership, and everything in between. And we do a lot of work with team alignment and how teams are functioning at the C-suite level, and then have some leadership development programs that roll down through the organization as well. So we've seen firsthand the need for how to build resilience in the face of chaos um, and how it's impacting leaders. So I'm super excited to talk about that with you today. It is desperately needed and everyone from the C-suite to the janitors and everywhere in between were basically told in March of 2020, go home and we'll figure out how to work shortly thereafter. So all the rules, all the guidelines, the policies, the procedures, the nuances of work uh, were, were turned upside down uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic. So leaders have had to figure out on the fly, in many cases, what do we do? And that's it, as chaotic as it could be. Some organizations that had you know, remote capabilities probably had a little bit easier time, but so many organizations really never did, even though the technology existed, uh, the ability to do it was there, but most organizations never really contemplated doing that, at least not in the near term, you know, maybe 2030 or something like that. They thought about that, but here we were, you know, spring of 2020, everybody go home and we're all working remotely now. And okay, now what? And You've had to see and hear stories of a lot of challenging situations. And you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you know, great leadership. And then, of course, you know, the flip side of that is, is bad leadership. And uh, I've seen and heard you know, examples of both. So what are some of your observations around this? Um, well, you know, I would take a step back. I mean, you see the the stress and frustration that people are under getting acted out even most latest news around the air air airplane flights and how people are losing their mind and um, air airlines having to ban serving alcohol because people just can't keep their cool and so this level of frustration that's rising um, so I see I see how people are dealing with stress and frustration obviously not in productive ways on this on in addition I think, people are working more hours than they ever did. When they, when there was a commute, you had to some degree a little downtime, right? You were listening to podcasts, right? You were thinking about, you know, your job, talking on the phone, whatever it is. Well, people filled that time, at least the leaders I've been talking to, with more work. So working longer hours, less time for resilience and recovery. And so it, no wonder people are very much uh, lack of patience and have 
and and obviously dealing with all the other things that came with the pandemic, right? Being stuck at home, screaming kids right there while you're trying to work, right? There's so many things that impacted us. So I think now is the time more than ever for leaders to take a look at what are you doing for yourself to build resilience and how are you working with your team to do that? So critical in the long hours. Yeah, I've seen those stats too, and it's it's alarming uh, because everybody traded their commute time to work instead of okay that you know that morning exercise routine that I've wanted to do for the next or the last fifteen years. I actually could do it now, and and they're still not doing that. And and I know I don't know if you saw this or not. The World Health Organization recently released a study from twenty sixteen. Where over 740, I think 745,000 people annually die from either stroke or heart disease if they work more than 55 hours a week. Yes. I think a lot of us are working a lot more than 55 hours a week. And if we're not taking care of ourselves from a nutrition standpoint, a mental and physical wellness standpoint, we're not doing things in life we enjoy doing because we're just working too much. That is going to create a significant challenge for people. It did for me back when I had my cardiac event in 2009 and all the fun things that happened to me afterwards was because I was not taking care of myself and completely changed that and launched a business from it. Never would have fathomed that happening, but here we are. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, each time, you know, as you're saying, each time you rev yourself up with frustration, you're affecting your body. And so you can think of it like like leaks in your energy, you know, maybe sometimes it doesn't seem like a big deal, it's a little one, but each one depletes your body in some form. So how do we learn how to how to restore? And that's where people need to happen because you know, the the big leaks or the more impact, the more stress on your body, stress affects all areas of your body, and when you're not resilient, you don't restore the toll that that stress takes including getting good rest and sleep because a lot of people can't sleep because they're stressed. And if you're not getting good sleep, you're not restoring yourself. So it just is a snowball effect and piles up and really creates a lot of problems. So what are some things that people can do to, especially if they're not typically resilient or as resilient as they would like to be, what are some things that would be beneficial for them to start implementing into their life uh, to be able to navigate through the chaos that the world provides us? Yes, yes. Well, I'm actually going to, we're going to walk through a very simple exercise in a moment that people can start practicing today. And I highly recommend that. Um, Prior to doing that, I want to give a little background because it's important to understand what's happening. So when we say resilience, um, what we mean is this, it's not just the ability to bounce back. It's the capacity to prepare for the stress and change that could potentially come because that's going to come no matter what. And so what I want people to understand is you can learn to build your resilience capacity, kind of like an inner battery to sustain your energy. And so think about it as like, if I do this practice, I will get more resilient when stuff hits the fan because it will. Right. Um, And so what you want to think about, and I think what's so important um, and by the way, this what I'm going to be teaching um, is connected to the HeartMath Institute. Are you familiar with HeartMath? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, great. And so, what we're doing here is we're applying some of the things to leadership. 
Um, I mean, they've done over 300 peer review studies on the impact of these techniques. So uh, I, I wanted to be able to translate their work that and their work, you know, applying it to healthcare workers, you know, there was an F-16 fighter pilot in a recent session. They're um, the head of chief of police for all of Colombia. All of those people are dealing with extremely high stress situations that they need to make fast decisions and they need to be in the highest reasoning part of their brain to be able to do that. And what we know is when you're faced with stress or frustration or anger, you're more in the fight or flight region, which is not the highest reasoning part of the brain. You're more likely to make dumb mistakes, right? And so they used it a lot to train. And and what I saw is like, my God, we really could use this on the leadership side, these techniques, because leaders are also facing, particularly in the pandemic, frankly, we all are, we all could benefit these, but we're looking at applying it just to leadership. So, um, and when you do this type of work that we're about to talk about, your sleep's improved, you know, indigestion's reduced, body aches, headaches. Um, they have specific studies. And in our workshops, we go through that of how many benefits you get from it. Um, so there's a little bit of kind of understanding of like what, what, we're, what we're here to do. But let me put it exactly in the term of what, what we mean by resilience. So there are three domains of resilience and each has an impact on your ability to be resilient. And what we're going to talk about today is just kind of one area. Um, in fact, one technique within one area. And so you could, you could uh, break it down to heart, head, and body. And they each play a role. In fact, most people believe that neurons are only found in the brain. However, the heart and the gut also have their own neurons. So you have, you can think about it like you have a heart brain and you have a gut brain. And in the larger programs we do, we cover all of this. But today, when I get in this technique, I want to understand it's just one piece that helps you become and build your resiliency in that. Does that make sense so far? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, um, the other thing to know is our emotions have a powerful impact on our body systems. I mean, so much more than thought. And they can either drain us or renew us. They're the primary driver of physiology and activity and hormonal and nervous systems. And, and so what's important to know is we want to look at these two contrasting emotions. So depleting emotions and then renewing emotions. Depleting emotions are things like frustration, anger, like somebody didn't get you the information that you needed for a, an important business meeting, right? Um, the data's wrong. Um, your boss sent a nasty email. Uh, you have a patient or client who's giving you lots of trouble. And, and these emotions will create frustration and anger. Um, and so when that happens... It's setting into motion a cascade of over 1,400 biochemical changes, cortisol being one of them, and have long-term effects on the body um, because it was designed only to be used in fight-or-flight situations, but if it's turned on all the time, the wear and tear on your body is substantial, and all kinds of studies show that. Um, I'm curious to know what, Michael, what gets you into um, impatience, frustration, or anxiety today? 
Today? <laughs> like like uh, in today's uh, like not in necessarily today's world. today, but yeah, in okay. Vienna. I, I I think things that get to me from time to time is uh, when uh, and I'll use a work example uh, when there's a lot of effort to make sure that the work environment for the organization is a healthy one uh, that people can be productive and do great things and still have time to be able to do things that they like to do without burning out without stress and all of that and when there's you know certain individuals in the organization that still don't put any effort in you know they they just don't want to be there and you know like you know do you do the jack welch thing and do the you know cut the bottom 10% uh, not easily to do during a pandemic. You know, that's where, you know, ethics start coming in and you start, you know, tossing and turning going, okay, well, this is a lousy time to let somebody go, but they're not being productive, which is impacting the environment. So those types of things, you know, will get me, you know, you know upset, you know, when I'm, I'm thinking about that, because it, there's obviously a disconnect on what, you know, they want to do in the organization and what the organization wants them to do. And, and those are things It doesn't bug me as much as it used to, but it's still, you know, is yeah. bothersome. Yeah. That's totally understandable. And, and, and the thing to know is, you know, we're not saying that feeling those emotions is a bad thing by any means, you know, um, let's take anger, you know, it's a normal human emotion. And if we don't feel it, we could be walked on. So there's a gift in anger or frustration because usually it motivates us and pushes us to also create some boundaries or speak up. But that said, if you overuse anger, that's what we're talking about, or overuse frustration, then we're getting into a point where it's over, you know, impacting your body and and your reasoning capacity and your ability to make great decisions. This is what we need leaders to do. So the question is like, how much of your day are you in that state? And what are you doing to shift out of that state? Because it's not helping you be the best leader that you can be. Right. Um, So I think it's really important. One of the exercises we go through is what, what you can't really plug the leaks if you don't know what's draining your energy. So we kind of walk through like, what's one situation that's draining your energy and, and, and what are your feelings about that? And what, what is your current solution to that? And kind of walk through and have people really understand that. So we're not going to take the time to do that now, but I would sort of, you know, put that in the background and notice where your energy is getting leaked um, and what emotions you have about that. Um, And then what we want to do is contrast that with the other side of the coin, which is renewing emotions. And these are emotions such as care and uh, love and appreciation and and gratitude um, and, and serenity and peacefulness. All of those emotions recharge your inner battery and they build resilience. In fact, when you're feeling those emotions, very different set of biochemical and hormonal changes are happening. One of those is, is DHEA, which is associated with renewal and immunity and vitality. So the more you have that, the more younger you feel. So, you know, I kind of joke because I say like, here's the secret, like, I don't need expensive creams. I know how to create resilience within me <laughs> and, and, and by doing these practices. So um, if you want to look younger, build resilience, right? Um, 
So, so let's just take a moment and think of that. So what's a situation for you that renews your energy and what feelings does that invoke in, in you? Um, so for me, let me give you an example and I'll ask you for one. One is, like, you know, a situation is playing with my puppy Jasmine, who's a toy Aussie. Um, she is just full of spunk. And the feelings I feel um, are is love and joy. And when I connect to that, and this is really important, we want to identify these for the next exercise. When I connect with that feeling, I know I can actually really feel it when I think of her. But what's it for you? For me, and I, I did it actually earlier today before we jumped on the call, is you know, I like calling it balcony time. And I, I have it on my calendar. You know, I schedule things, you know, me time, personal time, self-care time. That's on my calendar. And it's my favorite color whenever I do anything that is me time, because that way, when I look at my calendar, if I don't see my favorite color enough, that means that I'm not in harmony with what I need for my own self-care. But one of the things that I do on the balcony is, and I'll, I'll rotate this. Sometimes I'll go out there and I'll just, you know, look at the trees. I, I have a really good view of, of the lake. Um, very fortunate mm-hmm. in that, and you know, but there's also lots of traffic going around and and people moving around and all of that good stuff. And sometimes I'll just sit out there and you know listen to nature and the breeze and all of that. And sometimes I'm I'm listening to music and I've got a pretty robust playlist that I saved on Spotify. If Spotify wants to sponsor this show, they can. But um, it's a pretty robust one that I've built over the years. And I'll mix it up. Sometimes I'll say, okay, let's play my favorite list or let's go new artist uh, and and listen to. Things. Or even this morning, I was listening to a morning coffee house playlist, and there was a couple artists that I've never heard before. I'm like, wow, I really like how this person sings, or I like how they uh, their music plays. So, you know, dig a little bit deeper and go in there. It's like, okay, let me favorite the artist. I'll go back and I'll I'll listen to other songs that they've done and see if I, you know, like all of their music or if this was just a, a one hit wonder for them. But when I listen to music, it just it. It lowers the blood pressure. I know that. I can tell that. Yeah. And, and, and it just it, you flow through things, and you and it, it puts things in perspective for me because, like, if you could have stressful situation with you know a client or you're feeling you know and, and being somebody that's it has some empathy of what's going on in the world during this pandemic and all the struggles and people being irritated and short fused and all of that. You know, I feel for those people. I'm like, okay, why? Are they going through this? And you know, you've already kind of explained why. And I feel horrible for those people and, and wish them well and hope that they can find whatever will help them get to a more peaceful state where things, you know, like the you know, roll off your back analogy type of thing where it doesn't stick to them. Yes, they can be angry about things, but you see these people that are angry even in the drive-thru ordering a cup of coffee and somebody cuts them off and it's like, you know, they, you know, they shot one of their kids or something. It was like, don't worry about it. You know, go ahead. You know, yeah. you're, you're obviously in a hurry. There's all kinds of ingredients that are being added to it. And I feel bad for those people. And I used to be like that. And now I'm not. I'm not saying that I don't get angry. Of course I do. You know, it's a yeah, human, yeah. human trait. Exactly. Um, but I I don't let it stick because I, I, I am aware enough that I realize, okay, how is this making me feel right now? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I feel tightness in my chest. Don't want to do that. So let's, you know, what do I need to do to 
remove myself from this current mindset that I'm in and get back into things. So, you know, I think about positive things. I think about what is going awesome in my world, you know, thinking about different things that are happening that are great for other people that are thriving and doing well and getting better or healthier or whatever the case may be. I mean, I, yeah. I, I turn into basically a cheerleader for myself and anybody that I encounter. And what that does all of a sudden, it just, it changes everything. You feel better and you go, okay, wow, this is amazing. I love that these people are, are being successful and they're doing great things. Even in the midst of a pandemic, they're they're thriving, yeah. they're doing yeah. well. I'm like, I want that for everybody. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about why you feel why you feel better in those states and, and a little bit what's happening because um, what a lot of people don't know is the heart has its own nervous system and it actually sends more information to the brain than vice versa. And it affects decision-making, you know, what the heart is. And, and the heart, when the heart and brain are in sync, you're in a state of what they call coherence, right? And we can measure this. We can measure this through heart rate variability, which um, is recorded uh, as almost like if you're in a state of coherence where heart and brain are talking to each other, um, where all systems, hormonal, immune, and nervous systems are in a state of alignment, when you have your balcony time, it shows up in heart rate variability as a perfect, almost like a, a sine wave or an S, you know, um, not jagged lines. But when you're frustrated and when you're angry, that heart rate variability shows up as a jagged line. And what that's just telling you right then and there is, is your body being flooded by renewing hormones and, and is your nervous system being taxed uh, or calmed, or is it being flooded with stress hormones that will take its wear and tear in its body? And so those heart signals affect the brain center in terms of decision-making, reaction time, social awareness, all these things. And this HRV pattern will determine whether or not you're in this state of coherence or incoherence. So, the thing is, the technique that I'm going to be sharing with you um, is both to be used in two instances. One, to build, build your resilience and your capacity, and you would do it kind of similar to your balcony time. Um, but the other is, let's say you're in the middle of the meeting and it's happened, you're triggered, something, somebody said something, got under your skin, what do you do in the moment? And this technique is also good for those situations and should be used there too. And, and so that's, I think, something really important because both are needed. Both the time, your balcony time, I love how you describe that, your balcony time is needed, as well as what to do in the moment, if that makes sense. Definitely. And I'm assuming that, you know, when you're triggered in a meeting that water balloons is not the solution. I'm just, I'm just guessing. Yeah, that probably isn't. But um, you know, especially with technology, you don't want to destroy people's phones or things like that by tossing yeah. a water balloon at them. But it, it makes, <laughs> it, it makes a ton of sense because, and just, you know, thinking about it, you know, and I'm familiar with heart rate availability organization that I've done some work with, you know, measures it as well. And, and the nice thing about it is, it, for me, you know, when I first started measuring uh, that and in dictating, uh, you know, how my day was and how you know sleep and all the other kind of things, 
is how incredibly connected we are you know with your brain your heart your gut all of these things are all systems that are working together or attempting to work together and sometimes they they aren't working as well together as they could because of all the other things that we've talked about so far and for me it, it's turned into a okay I need to learn the techniques in order for me to be able to keep that harmony going more than not. And of course, we're all going to be facing different things that could trigger us. The key is for me, and I'm sure for many, is recognizing that you were triggered, you know, mm -hmm. being in the moment as best you can so you can steer in a different direction or at least acknowledge what is there validating it is for whatever it is, but not let it just continue to eat at you or bother you or impact you or have you do something that would be you know detrimental to you, another person, whatever the situation is. It's just that you know that awareness of things and, and getting everything to to sync up when you do that, that's that's when I realized and it's definitely happened, you know, this year and last year as well, is the more that I'm in that, the more fast my days and weeks go by because I'm just operating in a flow and you know, time it just is, is zooming by because I'm I'm just enjoying life and you're going, Wow, how did it get to be this time? Because you're so in the moment that you're not paying attention to you know, the clock going, okay, what time is it? You know, how long has this been going on or whatever the case may be? You realize how in the world did that time fly by? Because you were in such a, a peaceful state for lack of better description that you just, life is just better. Yes. And, and that's the, that's the thing where I want it to be majority of the time. Yes. I know there's going to be challenges that come up that, you know, it's not going to be difficult or not easy to get through some things, but you can. And, yeah. and that's the thing. And a lot of people forget they have a negative situation. Oh, this is, it's like, you think of all the negative things that have happened in your life beforehand. You got through them. Here you are today. They're yeah. not happening right now. So I think we forget um, that we were able to persevere and, have resilience through, you know, the different things that we faced in life. Yes. Yes. Well, let's, let's, um, let's practice this um, now so that people can do the technique when they're faced with a frustrating situation, but also I do it first thing in the morning and last thing before I go to bed, those are really good times to build the, you know, capacity for resilience and maybe sometimes at lunch, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's the technique that can you get, that will get you into the state of coherence that we're talking about. Um, in fact, it's called quick coherence. And, and the thing to know is it's not mindfulness. It's not meditation. You can do this in the middle of a meeting. You don't need to close your eyes to do it, although you can. Um, so, there are two steps to it. Um, it's so simple, <laughs> you won't believe it, but but it's amazing how it works. And, and we have proof of it looking at heart rate variability and how it impacts that. But the two steps are heart-focused breathing, because breathing allows you to sync up the autonomic nervous system and the heart and brain. And the second step is to activate a positive or renewing feeling 
similar to what I had you identify as where, what's your renewing emotion place. Mine was my dog, Jasmine, yours is the balcony time um, and how you do that. So I was going to take you through those two steps right now, if you're game to do it with me. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So, um, when we say heart-focused breathing, what we're going to have you do is focus on the area uh, in the chest area or heart area and imagine your breath flowing in and out a little slower and deeper than usual. So do that now. Focus on the area of your heart. Slow down your breath, but make it a little deeper and you, than usual. Now, the second step is I want you to make a sincere attempt to experience a regenerative feeling, such as appreciation or care for someone or something in your life. You might want to re-experience the feeling you have for a pet, a special place, or maybe an accomplishment. Okay. That took less than one minute. How are you feeling? Great. And when people say they don't have time to do it, it's like you can find a minute. I guarantee you. I, and I, one of the things I do when I speak at conferences or work with organizations and people say they don't have time, if they have an iPhone, I'll say, okay, go into your screen time and what's your um, daily average of how many hours you spend on your iBinky? And that's <laughs> that's my brother's nickname for mine. So, um, so I, I feel I, I'm, I'm sure Apple has a trademark, but you know, I, I don't I don't write it anywhere. But, uh, but yeah, with, five um, years I'm, is what I heard on average of our life we're spending right now on social. Five years. Yeah, five years, and I th- I think about a five year window and what uh, I can accomplish in those five years, and you know the the average length of life and all of that, that's a pretty big chunk for me, just, you know, looking and seeing, you know, TikTok videos and all of that good stuff. Nothing wrong with that. It entertains you, brings you joy yeah. and fulfillment, go for it, but moderation. Nice. But yeah, in that, that minute, you know, it's like the, you know, the, the breathing, you know, the, for one, when you are relaxed and you know, you comfortable balcony time, for example, I know that, you know, my breathing rate is so much more relaxed and, and instead of being, you know, tense or hyperactive or, or anything like that. So that's one thing. And then reflecting on something positive in you know, each of us, even if we've had a really difficult time in life, there are countless stories and examples and things where we felt amazing or we're happy about or just felt amazing level of accomplishment or just really, really happy about a situation. So for, you know, for me, I was like, okay, well, what do I, which one do I want to pick? So, you know, I, I thought of, you know, a speaking engagement that I did a few months ago and it was just an amazing event. The people 
were amazing. The follow-up was great. Uh, the feedback that I got was so touching. You know, when people said, yeah, I've been struggling with this and you gave me permission to take a look at this and feel better. I'm thinking, okay, the ripple effect of me yapping for 90 minutes has just had a positive impact on that person's life, which means their home life is going to hopefully be better, which means their work life is going to be better, which is going to impact everybody around them. And when you touch one person, you can touch a thousand people uh, just by a, a polite comment or a helpful tip or something that can help them do something easier. And when I get to do that, and I get to, and I love the fact that I can. I love the work that you do and the impact that you're doing. When we get to do those things, it nourishes us. You know, it's okay. Money's great. That covers things, allows us to do things, and great. And definitely don't want to turn away money. But the feeling of being able to use gifts that we have in a way to provide benefit and help to others is, is such a true gift and i'm so thankful that you know there's people in the world like us that get to do these things oh i'm so grateful for that opportunity to do it i mean i have a pretty eclectic background of law and um strategic development and business development and even acting um but all of that bring together and doing this work and it's really meaningful and is a calling is what i feel so That's yeah awesome that is awesome. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is definitely an example of you know some of the awesome work that Susan does. So I love this conversation, Susan, and um, obviously you know changed from it for the positive, of course. And you know that balcony time is going to get even more reinforced because they'll be even more aware of of the benefits of it and looking forward to it. So, where can people find out more about you and all this awesome work you're doing? Yeah, well, we have a, a, a resource tool to give your listeners because it'll have the technique that we just talked about. Um, and it will also have a way to get a sensor that you can use to tell when you're in coherence. Sometimes I find people really need data to look like, when am I in this state of coherence and when I'm not? Um, so we'll have all that information on there. You can get it by going to susandrum.com slash breakfast leadership. So that's S-U-S-A-N-D-R-U-M-M dot com slash breakfast leadership. That is awesome. And thank you for that. And I will definitely have that in the show notes. So Susan, again, thank you again for, for the opportunity to, to speak with you and, and have this amazing conversation. And I, and I know that the audience will be uh, forever benefited by uh, our conversation today. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.